Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Jeff Dahl, Senior Pastor of Stockbridge Community Church. I want to say thank you for joining us online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our Sunday services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. If you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply click the Give Online link at the upper right-hand corner in your web browser. And let me say it again, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you today. We're so glad that you are here today. I'm very excited. Many of you know that Rhonda and I just returned from Israel Friday night, so if I act a little weird or whatever, I'm still on Mediterranean time, all right? Uh, so uh, I've had, I haven't had sleep. Matter of fact, uh, I was up this morning at 2.30, just wide awake. I don't know why you guys didn't come on out. We could have just done that then, you know? But uh, anyways, it's so good to see you today, and we're glad that you're here. As the Chessie said, your message notes are before you, and we're in a two-week series called Come and See. This morning, I want to ask you this question. How many of you today come to Jesus Christ because someone else told you about a church or about Christ? Let me see your hand. Okay, that's the majority of us today. And now you come by invitation. Whenever you hear the words, come and see, that actually is an invitation for you to come and see something. And so today as we're talking about this, I want you to get the picture here because Jesus is saying to us, come and see, but we are to say to others, come and see as well. Now, um, there's four words that we use at Stockbridge Community that are uh, uh, synonymous, synonymous with this topic, and that is uh, connect, grow, serve, and share. And so today we're going to talk about how to share God's message. But before I get to that, I want to share this with you. As I start this message, there, we're talking out of the book of John. There's a guy who is a disciple of Jesus, John, who wrote this book. But we're going to let John introduce us to another John, which is John the Baptist. And John the Baptist comes on the scene. He's beginning to make the way for Jesus to come. He's telling about how Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming. And he's beginning to baptize people. And by the way, he baptized people in the Jordan River. And Rhonda and I actually were baptized last Sunday in the Jordan River. You see our picture behind me here? Uh, we were baptized in the Jordan River. Uh, the guy that you see in the picture actually baptized me, and I baptized Rhonda. And what I want to tell you, I wish every one of you could have been there to be baptized. How many of you would have liked to have been baptized in the Jordan River just where Jesus was? Great. Here's the good news. In this bottle right here is the Jordan River. Not even kidding. After I got baptized there, I said, I so much want uh, my church to experience this. So I got three bottles. I bought three empty bottles. I went down myself personally because I thought if I bought in their shop, it may have been water out of the faucet. So I said, I went down and I picked up the bottles. I went and filled up three bottles of the Jordan. So what you see here is the Jordan River. Now, next, the Sunday after Easter, we're doing a baptism here. And I, read, I did a rededication kind of baptism there. I'm giving you the opportunity to be, to be baptized for the first time, or if you want to do a recommitment baptism. And what I'm going to do, I, bought, I got three bottles, and so at every baptism, I'm going to pour this water into the baptismal pool so you can experience the Jordan River baptism. Isn't that awesome? Come on. <clears throat> so if you'd like to do that, on the back of your connection card, it says, sign me up. I think we've got about 25 or 30 already that's going to do it with me. I'm personally doing the baptizing. It's going to be a great day, so just go ahead and sign up. 
So how do you share God's message? That's the question. Would you, would you just take out your message notes and let's just get started? The first thing I'd like for you to do is this. Number one, don't try to explain God, but invite others to experience God. This is how we share God's message. John begins to tell us how to do this. Look at the verse on your outline. John 1 and 32. Would you read these first three words out loud with me? You ready? Let's read. Then John testified. Now, what is testifying? It is actually sharing the message. John testified. He was sharing what had happened. John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. So John shared what he had seen and what he had heard with others. That's what a testimony is. John was pointing people to Jesus. Now look at the next verse. In verse 35 it says, The following day John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared. Would you read that word out loud? Come on, do it again. Come on. Do it like you're trying to get someone's attention. You know what I'm saying? Like, look. You ready? One, two, three. Hey, that's what I'm talking about right there. Look, boy, I'm talking to you, right? Like my mom says. He says, look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they, uh, they followed Jesus. Notice that. Follow Jesus. You see, Jesus needs to be experienced. Jesus needs to be experienced and not just explained. And that's why it's so important for the church, you and I, we are the church, we are Stockbridge community. It's so important for us to, to follow Christ so that others may see us. They can't see Jesus physically, neither can you, but we see Jesus in other people. Wouldn't you agree with that, that when you see a person that's a Christ follower and they do something nice for you, it's like you see God inside of them and it's just shining all through them? To you. And that's the way people see it. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here as a church. The goal of our church is not to, to become a big church. That's not our goal. Our goal is to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to know Jesus Christ, that they may have light in their life, that they can have the opportunity for a better life. You see, Jesus gave John's disciples a personal invitation to follow him. Would you look at the next passage with me in verse 39? Before I, I read the verse, I want you to read the first three words that are underlined out loud with me with a little attitude, all right? You, do you have an attitude this morning? Don't look to your right or your left right now. Right now, I want you to say it with a little attitude. You ready? One, two, three. Come and see. Do it again. Come and see. I like that. You got a little fire in you this morning. See that what Jesus says? Jesus says, come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying. And they remained with him the rest of the day. So they were saying, Jesus, what are you doing? What is your life all about? And Jesus simply said, come and see. Jesus didn't try to tell them, I'm the son of God sent from heaven to save you. He didn't try to explain, I'm the miracle worker. He didn't try to explain anything. He just simply said, come and see. Come and see. And that's what I would invite you to do. Every week I like to give you the opportunity because there's people every week that come among us that you've invited that don't have a, are not Christ followers. They don't have a, a vibrant relationship with God. And so every week I, I, I like to share the opportunity for you to do that. And here's another one of those opportunities. Inside of your program, 
Uh, you see on the back page there, there's a prayer that says how to become a Christ follower. All you have to do is, is read that and mean it in your heart and believe it. It's not my prayer. It's not someone else's prayer. It's your heart believing. And when you do that, God welcomes you into his family. The only thing I ask you to do, so we're not going to make you stand up, come forward, do any of that. only thing I ask you to do is on the back of this connection card that you check the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today. And when you do that, we're going to pray for you. So I'd love for you to do that. And if you do that, I want to say welcome to God's family. The second thing is this, how to share God's message. Would you write this down? Your faith should be personal, but not private. Notice what happens here as Andrew follows Jesus. Look what it says in verse number 40. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Now, would you read this last line with me? Because it's crucial. You ready? Let's read. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet meet Jesus. What did he do? Andrew, who was one of John's followers, met John, introduced Andrew to Jesus, and then then after Andrew was introduced to Jesus, received Jesus as the Messiah, went and found his brother Simon, Simon Peter. He went and found him, and what did he say? He said, come and see. That's what he did when he introduced him to Jesus. He was basically saying, Peter, you have to come and see. I can't explain this guy to you. You need to come and see. And it was through that message that he found him. Now look at the next verse with me in Matthew 5 and and 13. It says this. You are the salt of the what? Earth. Jesus is speaking about you. If you're a Christ follower today, he's talking about you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except be thrown and trampled underfoot. Notice this next statement. Ready? Look at this. You are the light of the what? So he says you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. You're important to God. You're, you're, you're in God's hands. You're it. Would you, you, ever, uh, you ever play phone tag? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? Like you call, leave a message. They call back and they don't get you. They leave a message. And finally you say, okay, we're playing phone tag, so tag, you're it. Right? You, you ever do that? Okay. Would you just reach over and touch the person beside you and say, tag, you're it. You're it. What are you? You're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. You're it. God has said, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting the hope of humanity in your hands. In other words, I've got to shine it through you. You're it. You're the salt of the earth. He goes on and says this. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You're the salt. What does salt do? Salt preserves and protects. Would you agree with that? It preserves and protects. Rhonda and I uh, just got back from Israel, Israel, and you're going to hear me talk about Israel for about the next 10 years, okay? So uh, don't get tired of it. Don't say, here he goes again. Just tune in because I'm about to tell you something really good. We were there, and uh, we got to go to the Dead Sea, and it's amazing. You know, the Dead Sea... Uh, like nothing lives in it as far as like animal, a fish or anything. Nothing can live in it. The salt content is so high, it's like 34% salt. Matter of fact, people like me who cannot even float on my, you know, like I'm one of those people getting in a swim pool and try to float. I go to the bottom. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just sink. 
And the, in the Dead Sea, you can get in there and you just float all day. You just read a magazine on your back. You won't float. I mean, you won't sink. You will just float. It's amazing. And, but the, what they see about the Dead Sea that's so amazing is because of all the salt content, the minerals in the, in the water is like a healing agent. The guy, our tour guide that was with us was telling me that his, his dentist actually goes down. He has a skin disease. And so he'll go down about once a month to the Dead Sea and he'll get into the water and he'll come out and get in the sun. And because of where its location is, it's, a, it's the lowest place uh, on earth. And, and as they get there, there's something. You can get in the sun, but it doesn't burn you. The sun doesn't burn you. But it has a healing nature to it. And it, he says his doctor says that it brings healing to his body. Many people go there to be healed. Why? Because salt preserves and salt brings healing. And salt also protects. It protects us. We're also called to be the light. You know, the light, it's amazing to me that we're never to be called the source of the light, but we reflect the light. You know, the moon at night, it's amazing how when we have a food, full moon out, how bright it is. And it's hard for me to imagine, it's hard for me to believe that the moon doesn't have a source, that the moon is not like glowing, it's, you know, glowing by itself. It's hard for me to understand that the sun, that the moon is reflecting the light off the sun because I can't see the sun anymore. Can you? I mean, isn't it hard for you? I mean, come on, just like when you're looking at the moon, it's glowing. It's hard to believe that it's just not some light source itself but it's only reflecting the light. You see, that's what we are. As believers, as followers of Christ, we're, we're not the light. We only reflect the light. We reflect the, the light of Jesus Christ as He's shining in our lives. We reflect what's happening in us, and that's what people see. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the healing nature for the, the world. The world will never get better without you. You're it. I don't know about you, but... Um, it was troubling to me this week. I turned on the news over in Israel, and I saw that a plane had crashed into one of the mountains that we were going to be flying over coming home. And then I was like, you curious. How many, did you hear that story? Okay. So I was curious then, you know, plane crash. I'm going to get back on the plane. I'm a little bit, you know, okay, what's going on here? Because that sounded a little weird to me. And so sure enough, come to find out that the 28-year-old co-pilot locked the pilot out when he went to the restroom, locked him out of the cockpit. And he couldn't get back in. In the voice recording, they heard the, the, him banging on the door and people screaming as the, as the co-pilot took the plane right into the mountain and killed everybody. Now, I want to tell you something. You think that's troubling to you. You ought to be, have to get on the plane. You ought to fly 14 hours. I can guarantee you every time that Rhonda and I got on the plane, I was checking out the pilot and asking, did he have a good day? <laughs> you know, what do you need? But you know the thought that comes to my mind? Is what was going on in that young man's life. He lost all hope. After Christmas, Rhonda and I had gotten home from visiting family and I was walking my dog at night, my little poodle at night. And I was walking around our neighborhood. I went by one of our neighbor's houses. And I felt something in my heart, you know, that I should say something. And I said, hello. And it was hello. And, and it was like, you know, did you have a good Christmas? And, and I heard the mumbling come back, but I really didn't get an indication. But I felt something inside of me say, you should have a deeper conversation. But I just felt like it wasn't the right time. And I just, I don't know, I just sort of felt weird about it. So I kept walking. 
the next morning we found out that that neighbor committed suicide. She was my moment to say, come and see. Come and see. I've relived that night over and over again, thinking if I only, if I only would have done this, if I would have done this, maybe it would have changed everything. I don't know, but I, all I know is that what I felt and what I did not do. And I'm telling you, there's somebody in your life, maybe right now, that's waiting on you to say, come and see. Come and see about a man who changed my life. Who made me better. When I, when I had no hope and when I didn't know what to do and I didn't know where to turn, I said a prayer. I didn't know if the prayer had any meaning or not, but all I know is I prayed and things began to change. I can't tell you how. I can't tell you why, but it did. And all I know is what's living on the inside of me gives me hope every day. Would you come and see? That's your message. It's the message of hope. And we cannot be silent with our message. Look what happened here in verse 42. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet who? He didn't bring him to meet his best friend. He didn't bring him to meet his co-worker. He brought him to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas. Which means, what? Peter. How would you like to meet somebody like that? I said, listen, your name's John, but I'm telling you what, it ain't John anymore. Your name right now is Drew. That's your name. You thought it was John, but no, it's not John. Your name is Drew. What you, you talking to me, man? My mama called me John. My name is John. Who are you to tell me my name is different? But see, Jesus knew the reputation that Simon had. He was a hard-headed man. He was, had very quick-tempered. He, he was a man that liked to get things done. He bulldozed over people's lives. He was a rough kind of guy. And Jesus knew that in order for him to do what he wanted him to do, that he had to have a reputation change. So the first thing that Jesus did is said, I'm going to give you a new name. No longer are you known as this old rascal, rough cut guy, this guy that will bulldoze everybody. I'm going to change your name right now. You've got a new future ahead of you. Your name is Simon or Cephas Peter. You're the rock. What was he doing? He was speaking to his future. So listen, look at me real closely. Some of you have got bad reputation. Every one, by the way, you're not by yourself. Every one of us have things in our past that we wish were not there. And some people only know us by that, right? And guess what? We say, I'm sorry, God save me, forgive me, all of that stuff, right? And we let it go. But other people don't want to let it go, do they? They keep trying to bring it up to us. And you know who's the world's worst at doing this to us? Is the devil. You know, the Bible says that the devil goes before God and he's daily accusing you before Almighty God. But let me tell you some good news. Are you ready for this? Ha <laughs> ha! Woo, this is good. When you get saved, God gives you a new name. So here's what happens. The devil goes up to God in heaven and says, God, that Jeff Dawes down there, he ain't worth nothing. Remember what he did? You know how he does that to you, right? Because you've forgotten your past, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you remember something you've done 10 years ago. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. 
That's not by coincidence. That's him. He's whispering in your ears. He goes up and says the same thing before Almighty God, and guess what happened? When he goes up and says, God, I want you to know that Jeff Dahl didn't worth nothing. Remember what he did here and here and here? And God says, I'm sorry. I don't know who you're talking about because he's got a new name. Amen? Isn't that exciting for you? Is that you've got a new name that, that's written down in heaven and, and God knows you by that new name. Why? Because he redirects your life. You have a new reputation with Almighty God. It's going to get better. You're, like, you're not going to be the same. Yeah, that was part of your old life, but your new life is on a new path and a new future is ahead of you. Because somebody said, come and see. Come and see. Jesus changed his name. He was speaking to the potential. What I'd like for you to do, Stockbridge community, this week, I'd like for you to invite someone to Easter service next week. We're having services on uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock. If you're going to go out of town on vacation, I know it's spring break week, I'm asking you to delay your trip until Saturday morning so that you and your family can be in church. <laughs> Woo! That one's supposed to come on until a little bit later. I wasn't ready for it. Right? <laughs> so I want you to invite someone to come with you. And listen, I'm asking you to do that. So, so Friday night, here's the deal. If you'll, if you'll delay your trip one day and leave on Saturday and come Friday night, I'm going to give you ice cream. Brewster's ice cream wagon is going to be here. And uh, we're going to uh, serve ice cream. Is that a bribe? Yes, it is. I do not deny it. It is a bribe. Why? Because we want you to experience Easter here, and we want you to invite someone. So you got these invite cards when you come in. I'm asking you to take those and give them out this week. Invite someone. Why? Because who knows what the person's thinking that you've, that's on your mind. And you may be their ticket for freedom and to get their new name. Okay, write this down. Number three. If they like what they see in us, they will come see with us. Look what happens here. In John 1 and 43, it says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, he says, Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked, and would you read these next three words with me? You ready to read them out loud? Come and see. That's it. Come and see. We have a church today because many people have said that. Come and see. It's like this. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I like to eat. I don't know. Have you, have you noticed that? Like, I mean, like when I'm giving someone direction, I say, you know, by that cracker barrel off this exit. Have you noticed, I mean, have you noticed that, like, I don't know, it's like, you know, I notice my dad does this. It's like, every time I tell him, I went to somewhere, he said, oh, son, there's a place over there you can eat at, blah, blah, blah. there's a fish house, there's this. I mean, everything's by a restaurant. There's times when I'm trying to tell someone about a good restaurant, and I'm trying to explain to them how good it is, you know, how great it is, and, and I just seem to not be able to get the message across, and finally I just say to them, listen. You just got to try it. Come go with me. Come and see. And that's the way it is with Jesus. You don't have to be able to explain everything about him. 
You can't. The only thing you have to do and I have to do to give hope to the world is say, come and see with me. Come and see. Come and see. Look at the next verse in Acts 1 and 8. This is our memory verse, by the way. He says, but you will receive what? Come on, shout it out. You'll receive what? you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my defense attorney. Is that what he says? No, you'll be my accountant. No! You'll be my lawyer. No! You'll be my what? Witnesses. Witnesses. You'll be my witnesses. What is a witness? A witness is someone, someone who shares what they've seen and what they've heard. That's it. See, we're so afraid to share about God because we think someone's going to ask us a question that we can't answer and we're going to be embarrassed. Listen, you don't have to be embarrassed about that. And when someone asks you a question that you can't explain or you don't know, you just say something real intelligent. Ready? I don't know. (laughs) I empower you with the word, I don't know. And feel good about it because you don't know and you don't have to know because it's not up to you to, to know everything about God. You can't. The only thing God says, you can be my witness. And that is to tell what you've seen and what you've heard. It's come and see. You see, someone's hope is in your hands. If someone could have got to that 28-year-old pilot and said, come and see, it may have would have saved 135 people's lives. Maybe if I, yes, if I, would have stopped just a moment and said, come and see. Maybe it would have changed my neighbor's life. So I invite you to say, come and see to someone. Invite them into the life of Christ this Easter. There's a picture coming up of two people that I, I really love here at SEC. Martha's here and their daughter, Ashley. They come about two years ago on an Easter Sunday. They was invited. I've watched God work in their lives. Two wonderful people. They've, God has changed them in a dramatic way. And it was all because someone said, come and see. I want to ask you to do me a favor. This morning, when, the, when they begin to sing in just a moment, there's some, you're going to notice there's some rocks up here on the steps. What these rocks represent is last week, many people was given a rock when they come in, and that rock represented someone's name, and they brought it here and laid it on this altar. And this week we want to do something. I want you to follow me. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to come up here and pick up this rock. I want you to take this rock home with you and I want you to put it somewhere every day that you can see it. And know that that rock represents someone's name. That God has put on someone's heart to say, come and see. And I want you to pray that they receive that invitation. Would you stand with me now? I want to invite every one of you down. Just follow me. Just come and pick up a rock and take it home with you. Ready? Come, let's do it now. Thank you again so much for joining us online at SCC. I would love to know that you're out there listening and be able to connect with you. If you would, email me at jeffdawes at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S. I pray you have a blessed week and join us again soon.